follow the Four Corners Podcast on social media. Like us on Facebook, Four Corners Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Podcast Four Corners. And check us out on Instagram, Four Corners Podcast. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review. I want to take this time to apologize to the television audience for what they're about to see. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Four Corners Podcast. I am Shad here with Matt and Brad. Guys, how are you? Doing good, Shad. I'm doing good. Great. Glad to hear it. And we want to say thank you all for joining us for this episode. <clears throat> the first thing we'll do is we'll get our shout-outs taken care of. The first one's going to go to Collar and Elbow, the wrestling brand, collarandelbowbrand.com. Use the promo <clears throat> code Four Corners Podcast. That's the number four, capital C and corners, capital P and podcast. No spaces, save 10% off your order. I believe that this episode's supposed to drop on St. Patrick's Day. I have my collar and elbow, St. Patrick's, the Irish whip shirt. It's just as comfortable as so many others I've had, and I really like the design. So, good stuff. <laughs> I, I'm kind of bummed I didn't, I didn't buy that. <laughs> Are they out of them? No, I just didn't buy it in time for St. Patrick's Day. Oh, I understand. Yeah, Wait, that what, would have been fun to wear. If you were going to make an Irish whip, what do you think that would be? Can you make green Irish coffee with lots of whipped cream on it? I don't know. I've had a shamrock shake. That's kind of the closest thing. Okay. <laughs> have you had one, Shad? A shamrock shake? Yeah. Are you just referring to the, the ones from McDonald's? Yeah. Oddly enough, no one ever has. Okay, yeah, I feel like I said that, and you were like, "Well, how do you make that drink?" And it's like it's it's like the it's like the McDonald's, the McDonald's just mint flavored milkshake. See, I wasn't I wasn't sure if that's what you were referring to or not. Oh, I'm I sure don't. There's, I'm sure there's an alcoholic drink out there called you know, Shamrock Shake. I'm sure. I, I don't always, do. I just assume someone ahead, says Shamrock Shake that they mean McDonald's. Yeah, I don't do um, milkshakes from McDonald's too much because. When I was young, I had one, and it was mixed so thick, I about gave myself an aneurysm trying to get it up the straw. So. Yeah, and I agree with, I agree with that. That's why I don't get their shakes. Plus, like, <laughs> in the summer, you can get their little sundaes for, like, a buck usually, and those are delicious. Yeah. yeah. And so for others – oh, what were you going to say, Matt? Uh, I was just going to say, uh, if we're talking actually about alcoholic Irish drinks, uh, there's two drinks I don't really mess with. Because I got very, I've gotten very sick. Everyone has, everyone who drinks has got, you know, a story. Yeah. A lot of people like they don't, they have bad bad experiences like with tequila. That's not me. I've had bad experiences. The two drinks I can't I can't mess with anymore are anything with Jaeger. Ugh. Yeah, oh, I've never liked Jaeger. <laughs> okay. And I and Irish car bombs, uh, <laughs> which is a cocktail. Uh, that I got very sick once. Often. I it's like that's uh, a. I can like. Thing. Because we're about the same age. Because I don't, I don't know what it was, but like, some it's for some reason in like the late '90s and early 2000s, everyone was obsessed with Jaeger, and I don't understand why. So, oh, so it, it, I can't even smell it. it it's just, ugh. I've it heard, um, I've heard uh, 
stories um, from people in in Ireland that Americans will go over there on St. Patrick's Day and then think they're funny by ordering an Irish car bomb. It's like uh, that. Uh, that seems like a real good way to get your ass beat in Dublin. Uh, I don't. That uh, that would not. I don't think go over well. No. no. I've I've been to Dublin. I I think I've mentioned this. I don't know if I've mentioned this before. Maybe I have. But it's. I mean, drinking culture is real over there. I remember going. <laughs> my wife and I. It's actually the first time we were in um, Europe. Like we went to we did London and we did um. We did Cork and then Dublin, and I remember going into Cork, Ireland, which is a really charming little town. Like I, I actually love Cork. Cork is like, if I could actually live some other place, I would almost move to Cork. Mm-hmm. Uh, but literally, like we would go into a bar at like 10 a.m. just to either use the bathroom or like get get like a, a late breakfast, something like that. We were, it's not, it's like 10 a.m. We weren't gonna like, you know start the day drinking but there's a there's dudes there's dudes in there like drinking and like drinking and reading the paper and they have like a business suit on it's like you um you're clearly taking a break from work or on the way to work (laughs) and your your 10 a.m pint in so yeah yeah the other thing i learned is Mm -hmm. that people who are actually from northern ireland you know where where uh where the troubles are yeah belfast something like that are practically unintelligible when they start drinking. Oh, it's you cannot you cannot parse that that accent, especially oh. when they start slurring their words. That yeah. was an old Robin Williams bit about Scotland. Mm-hmm. It's because they get to drinking and you can't understand them in the first place. And oh, so if, that's if you ever want to have like a fun evening, just go uh, go on Twitter and and just like just take a gander at a uh, Scot- Scottish Twitter. It's uh, <laughs> it's really interesting <laughs> syntax and. And uh, how they spell certain words. You basically have to almost just sit, pronounce everything phonetically. Okay. So our other, um, <clears throat> our other uh, shout out means that Matt keeps the ball. <laughs> yeah, that would be to Orlando Cologne. Uh, you know, I hope Orlando Cologne is wearing some green on this uh, St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, man. Otherwise, he might get pinched. We don't <laughs> want that. I don't. I don't know what will happen to someone that would try and pinch Orlando. <laughs> I think probably uh, it wouldn't be a good thing. Maybe he would uh, uh, perhaps respond very harshly. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking he might. So, what are we talking about tonight, Brad? Well, um, it's actually a week late when this drops, sadly, because last week was Mario Day. Um, I don't oh. know if anyone saw the joke of the March, like the M A R with the uh, tenth. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it is also the 35th anniversary of Mario. So we were going to talk about, uh, at first we were going to talk about all the games, but I thought that would probably take too long. So we're going to focus in on the the pre-Mario games and the 8 and 16-bit era stuff. Okay. So just that we're talking original NES, Super NES, kind of around that area, and right? Game Boy. Game Boy, okay. Yeah. Oh, no, the Virtual Boy was in there, too, wasn't it? I don't think there was a proper Mario game for Virtual Boy. No, I don't. Th- I think you're right. I think it was just Mario Tennis. But where are we going to start from? So uh, I thought we would start with, I guess, what would be his humble beginnings as a Donkey Kong catcher? Yeah, um, Jumpman, right? Yeah, Jumpman. Is that what they referred to him in Donkey Kong? Yeah. 
And so uh, that's kind of where he started. And I I didn't play it in the arcade till later. I think the first time I played it was the Atari 2600 adaption of it. So uh, I, I, I definitely played, like, Donkey Kong in the arcade. But I never played, like, Mario Brothers or anything mm. like that. That's... Donkey Kong is like the only one I played, yeah. and that that was actually very rare. It was probably only like one or two places in this area that I could actually find that. Yeah, I see it more now as an adult than I did as a kid. Yeah, there was for for what it's worth, there was a friend of mine. I found, after he got an NES, I actually found a Mario Super Mario Brothers one machine in the wild and i was like wow that's an odd okay oh a playpen no it was straight up a it was a super mario brothers machine like that's what it was badged as that was the only game on it oh see i've never seen i've never seen now i've never seen a donkey kong jr machine in the wild and i've never seen a mario brothers machine in the wild I have also played a Donkey Kong machine in the wild, and it's it was then at the tender young age of probably five or six that I discovered the exactness of the jump mechanics in the original Donkey Kong game. Yes, and I never went back to it. <laughs> yeah, I think I think the um, I think the. Atari 2600 version of Donkey Kong is famous because Hollywood has pretended that's what video games sound like till mm. even today some things still use the the Donkey Kong Atari music and well the the walking and jumping sound so yeah. uh that is I think it's it's legacy is probably a now 40 year legacy of being Hollywood music and what stupid people think video games sound like. It's also... Go ahead, Matt. I know. Go ahead. Finish your thought. I was... Well, my thought's a little bit... A little bit extended, so you go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna... I was just gonna make a joke that, uh... uh did you also play Polybius in the wild? <laughs> no, I never did that. <laughs> you can tell by the fact that I can intelligently carry on a conversation and I'm still alive. <laughs> That's such an inside joke. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, we might have touched on it once in our when first episode. When we did Urban episode. Legends, we might have talked. Yeah. Yeah. But um, what I was going to say is that that Donkey Kong gave you know gave rise to um, one of the documentaries I've enjoyed the most in my time is that I enjoyed uh, King of Kong Fistful of oh, Quarters because yeah. um, Steve Weeby was I mean just such a likable guy out of that and like the filmmaker said they toned billy mitchell down and he was still a raging douche nozzle in in the like toned down version so uh that game had that 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 documentary i need to rewatch with like the um kind of the context of the last three well how long has it been since mitchell got banned from the thing did he get banned from twin galaxies yes he did i did not know that uh i'll look it, was, it up though but it's um 
it was something stupid like he was playing on an emulator and that's a no-no or something it was really it, it um but yeah he did he got banned like and his score is revoked like yeah it's been a couple years but um so there's there's kind of that added into it well i mean the guy was just such a um he's just such a raging dick that i can't yeah, I, I I really can't um, give him much much leeway. I mean, it just it just turned me off so badly that I'm like, well, it just no, not now, gonna. Now I do want to say I don't think the original Mario Brothers game is particularly good. If 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 you're wondering what we're talking about with the original Mario Brothers. Oh, in... by the way, Brad, the Billy Mitchell, the announcement from Twin Galaxies was. April 12th, 2018. Okay, so I was pretty close. Oh, I was almost three years. Yeah, it's almost three yep. years. So, um, so that one, you kind of have these, like, various creatures. I think, like, flies, crabs, eh, a couple other things coming out of pipes, and, like, you hit the floor below them to, like... Oh, turtles. Yeah, turtles. Yeah. Yep. To yep. knock them over, and then it's just kind of like your standard arcade game. I don't particularly like it, but I'm not good at it either, so... <laughs> yeah so that was kind of like the pre-mario i think donkey kong jr is an okay game but i think that's most notable because mario is the bad guy in that it, it was his first appearance so yeah i think that's notable by the way just from reading real quick um twin galaxies voided billy mitchell's first ever recorded perfect pac-man game as part of that Okay. Like, like, wow. That's... I I don't know much about Twin Galaxies other than whenever I hear it talked about, they sound like a bunch of incompetent buffoons, so I don't know much I about think, that whole thing. I think the guy that that ran it, the, the guy who was the head of it for that was shown in um, in the documentary is not... He's not in charge of it anymore and hasn't been for a while. But he's Billy Mitchell's not the only one. Right. Um, but I don't know much about it. So a uh, guy by the name of Todd Rogers was in there as well. Um anyway, not that's not the important part. So on to Mario. So we head to the um, the Nintendo era, kind of. Um, we won't get into like the the video game crash and all of that stuff, but this is this is kind of coming out of that. And uh, I would say, I would say when I was a kid, Mario Super Mario Brothers. We'll say it right, because Mario Brothers and Super Mario Brothers are not the same game. So when Super Mario Brothers hit, that was really a what I would say a sensation in child pop culture for quite a few years. Oh, definitely. I remember what age was it? it I was, was in five. That... Well, I was in first grade and one of the big talks was that one of the guys in our class had a Mario brothers shirt, but it wasn't even his, he borrowed it from his brother. So it was, but that was still like a big thing. Well, I was thinking tonight, before we were doing this, and 
I was thinking, like, Mario is probably the biggest intellectual property that's been introduced in our lifetime. Probably, like, not even close. Uh, uh. I was thinking of others, like, what, the stuff I thought of was, like, Walking Dead, which doesn't uh, have the longevity. Mario is oh, way bigger than that. Yeah. Mario is um, almost, like, ubiquitous now. Yeah. Because Mario, Mario is, like, Mickey Mouse level iconic it happened uh, fast yeah i mean i would almost want to say like a comic book character of some sort but uh we're not old enough i mean you could take something like spider-man which i think spider-man is probably bigger but spider-man was created before we were born and comic books themselves are not um not very big anymore uh no, I feel I feel like classic characters they have, you know, decades of decades of basically you know, continuity to build on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I mean if you create a character like 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 take a uh like Invincible, which was a, oh, it's a yeah. really good comic book. Yep. And I think they, they just have like a I think they just have like a cartoon or anime type show that, that has either debuted or is going to debut. I think it's coming real soon. Yeah, but that that comic book has been out for like what twenty years? And, about yeah, getting close to. You, most people probably mm-hmm. don't even know what I'm talking about. I mean, yeah. Walking Dead is probably closer, but people, I guarantee, if you were to talk to people about Walking Dead, people would know of it because it's it's been running for years. But I bet you the same number of people probably don't even realize a good number of people probably don't even realize it was based on a comic book. Yeah, and I don't. I mean. Yeah, it, it, Game of Thrones maybe, but even then, I don't think that comes even close. Harry Potter maybe comes close. Harry Potter, I feel, would be pretty close, but not as big as Mario. Yeah, I don't. I feel like I feel like the difference is like fifty uh, years from now, Mario is gonna still be Mario, and I feel like I feel like Harry Potter might slowly go down. Oh, I think it will. Yeah, I it, think it already is. It'll tape. Yeah, it'll taper off more. I have one. Uh, I still would argue that Mario is bigger, but like Pokemon. Oh yeah, Pokemon. Pokemon, Pokemon, Pokemon is be. pretty big. Pokemon uh, yeah. would be. Pokemon would probably be close. I think that's yeah. chasing the Mario high, but hasn't caught it. It's almost it's not as there. Big, yeah. It's probably the second biggest video game intellectual property ever, though. Especially when you talk about multimedia. Well, I don't know what to say. <laughs> I don't, well, I mean, I don't the, know I don't it's know had an anime. About. It's had an anime that's been successful for 20 plus years. I mean, there were points oh. where it was beating, like, morning TV shows, like, morning news shows here in America when it first hit. Um, it's still putting out the anime here. It has manga. It's had movies. Um, just the just the amount of like Pikachu merch you can get, and like if you go to conventions, like there's always yeah. someone in like a P- there's always people in like Pikachu onesies and like someone that has their like homemade Pokemon thing. So I'd say it's pretty. And there's a there are usually booths packed to the gills with plush Pokemon. Yeah, and in Pokemon Go, I think. 
has made over a billion dollars. I've got to give credit for what you were saying because Pokemon has uh, successful movies. Mario had a movie. <laughs> we, don't, we, don't, we don't talk about that. And um, the uh, the oh yeah, the TV shows don't really compare. Oh, I had something else, and I'm going to lose it. But yeah, I, I, I'm I'm willing to concede the point. Um, that's so, there's a lot. So I think I think the first Mario. I, I replayed it a couple years ago and beat it, and it still has it has a lot of charm to it. Actually, I've been playing that Mario Thirty Five for Switch too, mm-hmm. which is like a time run of the game, throwing random levels at you. But it's a really well designed game, and it's like the first touch of like modernism to a platformer. Like there's secrets everywhere. Um, you're always finding new stuff. Like even even to as an adult, like, I've still learned some new tricks. Like, I didn't know that if you just ran and hit down, you can slide under stuff. And my wife taught me that just a couple Wait, of weeks what? ago. If you run, what? If you run, if you, if you go forward really fast and you have, like, things you could get under as, like, small Mario and you just hit down, like, he might, he might go under it. If you time it right. I think I may have done that, but not with any frequency. Yeah, and, you know, you're always finding little things tucked away here and there. Um, I did. I do want to say, though, as an adult, and I don't think I appreciated it as a kid, is the Hammer Brothers are the most dangerous of enemy oh. in that game. Yeah, I, um, I've actually, I, it's been a few years, but I played it through as an adult because um, my wife actually had, like, an original one. And when we were visiting her uh, her parents in in Texas, we actually booted, like just pulled it out of literally pulled it out of the closet and hooked it up to the TV and started playing it. And we we made it through. But as an adult, I felt I was better at the game. I do too, actually, because I feel like as a kid, the um, the idea of momentum and like really. As an adult, I play it more aggressively. Like, I'm not as afraid of dying because dying's not a big deal. You'll just replay it. Whereas a kid, I'm not. And that game seems to, if you just push your way through something and don't stop, you tend to do better than if mm-hmm. you, like, take it real slow. Mm-hmm. And, um, like, kind of understanding, well, if I, if I jump this way, I have to do this or I'm going to, like, slide off, I think is harder to grasp as a, as a kid. Oh, yeah. We, um, we, we weren't. We aren't trying to speed run it, but we basically were playing every level like as fast as possible. Uh, and I actually found like that what we were more successful doing that. We, I mean, you'd die because you'd like you know run into an enemy or you'd run off something. But uh, and, we felt that it was a little better. But I, I do agree. Like the uh, the Hammer Brothers were like the most difficult enemies because if you if you, you are trying flower, to like you were fucked. Yeah, if you were like small Mario, if you weren't like at least you know that size like you you couldn't make it past them you, and even then like you'd if you were if you didn't have a flower you'd have to basically like try and steamroll in uh, jump on one of them and then hope to like bash the other one from the bottom and yeah and what i found is so i played it through i i didn't i did not until i had beaten a world i would not use warp zone so i beat every level 
at least once before I got to the end and beat it. This is over the course of maybe two or three days. Um, and what I found ingenious about it, though, is if you play it that way, the game teaches you how to to play. And so, like, each new world throws something a little different at you, like having the, um, the single-space ones that you can just run across. Yeah. And then World 8 just throws everything at you. And it's like, okay, well, we've showed you all these tricks and things to do, so here's... Here is everything. Like now, beat it. Yeah. Um, I am planning. See, uh, you know, I've got you know, my kids are still young. My plan is that as they get older, I am going to start them out with the NES, and then after a little bit, I'll introduce them to the Super NES, and then. Uh, then the 64 and like stage them up kind of in a similar pattern as I did so that they can kind of grow with it. Oh, Cause cool. I'm not, I'm not buying new consoles. Forget that. Well, I, you I, I have right a, now. I have an Xbox 360. That's the most recent one I've gotten cause I'm a PC guy, but, um, that, you know, we've, we've still got all those. I've got an Atari around somewhere. So I've got a, I've got two, I bought two um, of those uh, NES classics that mm-hmm. came out like three four years ago. Uh, I didn't want I didn't mean to buy two. I just I bought one. Uh, I bought one like online, and it was like I found that I found one in store, and I I just bought both to have just to, as a guarantee I would get one because they were still kind of hard to find at that point. Uh, but then I just never <laughs> I never took the one back. But I plan to mod that one. I want to mod it so that I can basically download every every NES game and put mm-hmm. it on that. The only thing I don't like about the NES Classic is the um, the controllers don't have the right weight to it. They're too light. Yeah, they are very light. Like, they control okay, but it feels wrong. Like, it needs a little more heft to it. And I wish they would have, like, made it the same weight. I understand, like, it's, you know, easier, lighter materials and all that stuff. But I actually still have my original NES from childhood. I actually have that, too. I don't even know if I have the controllers for it, but I have the, uh, I have the, controllers, the actual system. The controllers can be tough to get working ones. I, If you if you ever want to fire it up again, just buy a new pin connector for the back, and they're pretty easy to open up and to, to swipe the new one in and that'll fix the your blue screen of death my wife and i uh, we actually have um both of our old ones and then we have one that i got her i don't know valentine's day or birthday or something probably about 10 years ago now that was a um what's the phrase i'm looking for It, it was basically a uh a third party device that would let you play your old cartridges on it it was i think it was called a generation next or something like that those are popular well it it worked really well and then i think the uh i think the company that made them got shut down but we do have it um and it it plays every my wife will play through contra in like 25 minutes on it because that's her that's her game but um we may bust that out just because it we know it works really well. I actually have a Famicom. As oh well. lord! They're not. They're they're there's um some cool games that never came over here, but the um, controllers are hard hardwired, and yeah. they only have about two foot of cable on them, so they're. Mm. But I don't. 
I have not taken the plunge on a disk system yet. Gotcha. Because I guess those you have to get refurbished a lot because the the band on the drive's cheap and breaks really easy. Ah, uh, okay. So up next we have um, this we did not get until the Super Nintendo era, and there's people that are still like, still kind of like pretend like this is better than the Mario Two we got, but the, when they talk about lost levels, like. I'm just going to say this now. Lost Levels is not better than the Mario 2 we got. It's just a harder version of Super Mario, and it has those wind stages, which are not fun, and I don't particularly care for this game, and I'm glad we got the <laughs> Mario 2 that we got. And the reason we didn't get it is because it was just too dated graphically. I thought the uh, Mario 2 we got was on the original NES. It is, but if you look, but but um, Lost Levels looks like the original Mario Brothers. Okay. And we would have been getting that by like I think like '87 or so when they would have been porting it over here, and it just would not have looked as good as what the games were starting to look like. Oh yeah, '88 is when it released in North America. Yeah, so it just would not have looked as good. And so, um, have either of you played Lost Levels like to any real extent? I can't say that I have. No, I sure haven't. Okay, well, we'll move on. It, it looks exactly like Super Mario Brothers, and it's just a harder game. So then, okay. with the Mario 2 that we got is, essentially, they took a, a game called Doki Doki Panic, which is a very, uh, well, it's an Arabian-themed game, and so they just reskinned it as Mario. So that game had, like, the characters select, like, the princess floated and stuff. So this... This is mm-hmm. essentially, you can pick between Mario, Luigi, Toad, and the princess, and they each have um, different abilities. Like, Mario's kind of an all-rounder, Luigi is kind of floaty, Toad can't jump very far, but he picks things up really quick, and then the mm-hmm. princess floats. Yep. She's, Luigi had the, the highest jump, but the princess had kind of a limited fly mechanic. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember my friends and I playing this game. It was always an argument about who was going to use which gimmick. Because, <laughs> I mean, really, that's what it is. It's not It's not exactly a play style variation much. It's just a gimmick that sometimes is more useful. Um, but it's still a really fun game. It has a lot of personality for an 8-bit game as well. Mm-hmm. So I absolutely adore Super Mario Bros. 2. Like, I I have played this game a lot, uh, and I've played it, like, on emulators. I've played it with the... Did it, I think it's on Nintendo. Uh, I think it's on the NES Classic, right? Yeah, it should be. I think it's yeah. on the... It's probably on the Switch, uh, the Switch NES, like, app, too. Yeah, I, I actually think I that's the most recent place I've played it. Like I actually just love the game. It's just to me, it's so fun. I think it's and the I, um, I think it's the if you're if you're someone that hasn't gone back and played NES games, I feel like if you wanted to go back and play an 8-bit Mario game, this one's probably the most friendly mm-hmm. to like um, a newcomer. That makes sense. Because I think I think I, it needs to be said like Mario Super Mario One is notorious for being I'm gonna air quote easy. But I don't know if someone that's used to modern video games would find it to be that way, and Mario 3 is fairly difficult, whereas I feel this game is a little easier. Mario 3 has like a, almost like a sliding scale. Like, it does... 
get progressively more difficult. Like when you get to those like tank levels and like the, the, the those levels like at the very end that gets really rough. I uh I always hated like the airship levels. Yeah. Those annoyed the piss out of me. Yeah. Uh, but I love I love Super Mario Bros. two and I I know that it's it is based on it's basically just a reskinned a different type of game, but I do love the different variety of villains that they basically created. Yes, mm-hmm. the villains are great in this. Like I love the bosses. Yeah, and and I mean they've appeared in other Mario games, but they don't have like the same. They don't necessarily have the same. And they all got a spot in the. Um... Super, Super Mario, Mario Bros. Super Show. Yeah. <laughs> Aren't those I, I, the I only? Those I'm those. sorry, Matt. Go ahead. I sorry. I love those in the in the Super Mario Bros. Super Show. Aren't those the only two um, occurrences of Birdo? Like you don't see Birdo beyond the game in the Super Show. That's it. No, Birdo's a Birdo's in um, a lot of stuff. Okay. Birdo right. shows up as like a background character in like Smash Brothers. Um, Birdo, actually, funny enough, because I just bought it on sale. Birdo is uh, sometimes a goalie in Mario and Sonic Olympic Games 2020. Hmm. Okay. Well, then I was just wrong. I think Birdo might have shown up in 3D World. I know Birdo's around. I don't remember Birdo showing up a lot, so... Shy Guy, Birdo, and um, oh, there's one other one that kind of stayed relevant. Now I can't remember. Oh, because we didn't really see Wart come back. No, because Wart's really just Bowser. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I remember the Shy Guys, and then there were the the. The kind of bird enemies, but they weren't very iconic. Like they didn't stick around like shy guys did. Uh oh, the bombs. I think that's where the bombs came from, isn't it? Yeah, that yes, yeah. they were. It says Birdo's appeared in most of the Mario sports games. Okay. It really the 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 Wikipedia entry. Oh, and and um, she is in the in makes appearances in the Mario Kart games. But the Wikipedia entry more um, discusses her gender identity, which is kind of in question because of the the Mario Two booklet. Yeah, I don't remember Birdo in the in the Mario Kart games, but no, not not as a racer, as like a background character. Oh, okay. I may not have paid attention then. So sorry about that. But if you don't know with Birdo, um, in the Mario Two booklet, and I don't know why this is stuck with me. I, it's some weird bit of trivia I remember. Because I was just telling my wife today, I miss like the old NES game manuals because like mm-hmm. you got all this like story and like cool art in the books, and like the books sometimes are almost as entertaining as the games. You had something to read home on the way from the store yeah. while your mom yeah. went to the grocery. Oh, I 100% did that. <laughs> but so or like is... if you rented a game, if you rented a game that had the booklet in it, that was always yeah. fun. To, oh, yeah. Enjoyed that on the drive home. I miss, yep. though, like, I miss, like, so I don't know. I know, like, I miss being able to, like, rent NES games at the grocery store. That used to be fun. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> but uh, the 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 booklet for Roberta was like uh, she thinks she's a girl, but she's not. Mm-hmm. So there's been kind of like a back and forth on what game refers to her as what gender identity. I think they've kind of scaled that back and just refer to her as her now. Mm-hmm. Um, I also want to say though that the one level that still upsets me to this day is where that bird, um, the bird door like comes alive and attacks you. Oh yeah. The the doors were. Uh, messing with the doors was really frustrating. But it, I do think it has... I love the Mario enemies across the board, but this one has, like Matt said, like a very memorable array. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, like the Shy Guys, those are like my my favorites. I actually love those guys. Maybe it's because I, I did enjoy them in the Super Mario Bros. Super Show. Yeah. They were fun. So then we're going to head over to uh, Mario 3, which was... Uh, <sighs> You would have to have been alive to not, and it probably been a child to see how huge this game was. Mm. It was almost like game changing. It was like I remember. I remember I got it for Christmas, but it came out. I don't remember when it came out, but like Blockbuster in my area had like a whole wall of it, and it was never in. And I put my name on a list, and I think it was a six month wait, and they probably had like fifty copies of this game. Yeah. The boxes were to be believed. And I never got to rent it because I think I got it for Christmas before it actually came out. And Nintendo Power devoted a whole issue to doing like a strategy guide for it. I I believe I had that that uh, that issue. This game was like its launch was so big. And we might have touched on this before. We did because we, we talked did. about the wizard. The wizard, the wizard. yeah. <laughs> the, the, that awful movie. Yeah. The, the, the whole movie seemed predicated on the idea of having this big launch for Mario Brothers 3. And I think we talked about how stupid it was that the whole conceit was um, was that it was a new game and that was supposed to be the challenge and like the buddy was still like yelling instructions out. Yeah, Fred Savage knew where the warp whistle was. Yeah, to a game that had never come out before. It was, it's really... Well, that was in there so that so that when kids got the game, they could do that and feel smart because they saw that. And but it was it didn't make. But my favorite, my it's probably still my favorite Mario World is Giant World, where they made all the sprites like super big. Mm. It had the big, uh, the massive like jumping boot you could hop in, didn't it? Yes. I think the biggest frustrating thing for me in Mario Three was the angry sun. Oh, he sucked. Yeah, I could deal with most other things, but the angry sun was just Oh. I gosh. usually this the I think the stages of him if I had a P Wing I would just try and Just jump over it. Yeah, just fly the whole time. Also I think one of my favorite power ups too well actually that game has my favorite power ups I think is the um the Tanuki suit the frog suit i think you could be a hammer brother in this too though i don't you think could, you yeah that much yeah and then the, I, it, just the raccoon ahead. tail in general i wish they'd bring that back for a game yeah that was a really good addition what did the tanuki suit do for you that was better than the raccoon leaf you could turn into a statue okay then that i guess that, I that, uh, that's part of why like it was kind of like game changing is that they had 
all these different suits with different abilities and you know as a kid i with my friends i was definitely like oh my god i was my mind was blown i'm like mm-hmm. well you can fly you can fly in mario and it was we just had to have that game although i i can't recall if i ever actually owned physically owned a copy and i i i rented it many times you had to have though because remember like used stores were just choking on it by <clears throat> maybe i don't remember i i of all my Nintendo games, I don't remember what I had. I had a friend that had it, so uh, I didn't get to. I, I didn't. I didn't have three, but I did get to play it a little bit. Now, Chad, yeah, the, you were saying before the show that there are people that claim that's the greatest video game of all time. Yeah, I've heard that bandied about. Um, the best answer I'm going to have for it is probably you might be able to make that argument as a platformer maybe or you might be able to make that argument for Mario games all time that's that's just way we're dealing with too much width and depth to be able to just throw that out there I wouldn't even think I don't even think it's the best Mario game of all time I'm just saying would, I'm saying you might be able to make that argument it's not mine cuz it's think, not my favorite I but, think the first galaxy game is better I would say 64 is probably better. Um, the 3D world, I would say, is better. And I would even put some of those new Super Mario games over it. As far as, like, especially, like, the new Super Mario Brother games, like, that are these, like, nostalgic 2D plat- Mario platformers. Like, I think those mm-hmm. are better, honestly. Well, uh, I suppose if, if someone's going to make that argument, they're going to have to... We, we would have to, I guess, regard them in the context of the time when they were released, I guess, I suppose. Which, uh, as you said, being game-changing, you know. Because Mario 3 introduced the maps. You could skip some levels if you didn't want to do them. They had um, random spots on the map where, or not random, they had spots on the map where you could go and try and get power-ups. to, And you had an inventory system where you could kind of swap or use an item that you had in storage. Um, See, even then, though, I think, like, if we're talking NES platformers, I think I even like Kirby's Adventure a little better than I like um, Mario 3. I never got to play any of the Kirby stuff. I I never played Kirby until he got to Smash Brothers. Okay. I mean, it's a uh, good game. I just don't think, like, I don't think best ever it's because i think it has some rough spots i think some of the parts are too hard um it can get a little unfair with like all the cannons like shooting around and stuff oh yeah so let's head over uh speaking of though what matt was saying about flying and stuff i think um and this is a segue here folks um i think that was the appeal of mario land was mario getting to fly around in a plane and in a submarine uh, did you guys have this for the Game Boy? Yes, I did. Because this is like I, I did. I did not I did have too. Game Boy. I um, I basically worked like I didn't have like an allowance, but I did like odd jobs for my my parents, specifically to buy a Game Boy, and they would give me like five dollars a week or something like that, and I literally saved up for 
like half a year <laughs> to get this. Yeah, I, cause I got it for good, uh... Christmas because I think actually I think I got it for Christmas like the year it came out because it was I was like super obsessed with video games and like the idea of a portable system because I think at that point all we had were those like really awful Tiger LCD games. Yeah. Oh yeah. And just the fact, um, well, the original commercial was cool, like the guy and like the fact you could play each other, and then like that there was a Mario game. Um, was that the one that's like now you're playing with power? Yeah. Game Boy Power. Yeah. <laughs> and I I'm sad to say like I still play this from time to time because I do enjoy it, but it's it feels kind of like a weird cheap knockoff Mario game in a lot of ways. Yes, actually, it seemed like it. Did, that's exactly the best way to put it. And I, I, I can say this: like, if have they ported any of those like Game Boy games to the Switch? No, I don't think so. That's a shame because uh, right now I would, if it was available on the Switch, I would, I would download it or buy it like later tonight. You can buy them all on um, the 3DS. Oh, I don't. I never had a 3DS, so you should get a 3DS. They, the JRPGs on that is just like outstanding. But I wish they would though, because I would kill to have like all the Wario Land games in a single place. Oh my place. God, yes, absolutely. I I think I own most of those, and those games were fantastic. Yes, they are. Uh, the, I, I the only the portable um, game system I had. My brother and I had Game Gears, um, which were great. It didn't have the same battery life, though, so I don't really have much to add on on this particular section. You mean you mean um, you mean the? I've seen heroin junkies less addicted to something as Game Gears were to batteries. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, we didn't use double um, A batteries much. When it, my parents made a, a pretty smart move. And what they did is they got these uh, external battery packs ah. that would hook in, and they held their charge a lot longer. They Chad, did a really I, good job. I think I actually had one of those too. It was, yeah, that was that was the way to be. I know that I definitely had that, either that or rechargeable batteries for my Game Boy Advance, mm-hmm. like several years later. I had um for my my original Game Boy I had a thing you could slide over the screen that had lights on the side so you could play it in the dark. Mm. I think I don't I'm trying to remember, but I remember hearing somewhere that the original Game Boy and like maybe this was from an AVGN episode, but the original Game Boy and like peripherals and stuff were produced like well into the nineties. And it it lasted a long time if you include like the Game Boy Color. Well, no, I'm just talking about the original. Oh, one, no, the, it, the it lasted Rick. into the 2000s if you talk about that little micro thing they did around 2002 or 2003. Because really, yeah. um, Pokemon did not come out here until like 97 or 98, and that's just a straight up Game Boy game. Yeah. Well, I mean, good. One of the things that was the the Game Boy was so big, but because First of all, the thing was so blasted tough. You know, if if you were to put that thing in a slingshot, you'd be arrested for using a deadly weapon. Um, but one of the things that would happen that I didn't realize is that there would be lots of like um, children's hospitals 
that if they had kids who were they needed they wanted the kid to be uh, distracted or they needed them to to not be like freaking out before a procedure or something they the hospital would have would own game boys that they would give to the kids to use in in those time frames so you know they're having a scan done or something like here why don't you play this or, or they would have them play the game boy before a surgery while the anesthesiologist was administering you know the 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 sedatives and such mm-hmm. um which is that's great that's really smart but that's what threw me is just the original game boy how long it stuck around and because they're just so tough I'm, okay I'm, done. I'm googling when the last game boy game came out to see if i can get a quick answer well, it looks like it was discontinued. The, the system itself was discontinued in 2003. The wow. last game came out in was Pokemon Yellow, October 18th, 1999. Wow. So, and it came out in 89, so it had a 10-year run. That, which, in terms of, like, technology, is insane. Yeah. yeah. Especially so, considering just how quickly things advanced. Yeah. That thing held on, man. So to go back to Mario Land, um, it, it, I, I, I think Matt and I are kind of on the same page that it kind of feels like a cheap knockoff because it, it handles about like Mario, but it's slightly different. Your fireballs do that weird bouncy thing. Like, you don't really have many classic enemies other than, I think, turtles and, um, and Goombas. Mm-hmm. And I don't think they're really Goombas if you read the book. And... Um, you know, it doesn't really have a lot of music that's the same. I don't know. I mean, I don't. I don't hate the game. I just like it. Just doesn't feel like a Mario game as an adult. It was like an odd version of Mario. Yeah. But it's been so many years since I played it, and just for like the nostalgia, and because it is so different. Like again, if 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 it was available on the Switch, I would hands down download it or buy it tonight because that that's that's just i'm probably remember it fondly uh can i can i throw in one thing real yeah quick? i just looked it up it looks like uh it playstation 4 could overtake it still uh even though playstation 4 is i guess now becoming obsolete with the new with playstation 5 but uh right now game boy if you include game boy and game boy color it's the third third highest selling uh, video game console of all time. That doesn't surprise me. PlayStation 2 is still the king, isn't it? PlayStation 2 is still the is still the is still number one, uh, and by 150 mil, over 155 million. Yeah, which that's be tough to beat. Because that that um, the, the secret there was that was the cheapest DVD player on the market for like two years. Yes, oh, that makes out, so much sense. I, I yeah, it came out in 2000. And I remember, um, and a DVD was, player was still like three hundred bucks at the time. Oh no, it was it was crazy expensive. I remember, like, I am dating myself in terms of age, but I remember, like, I, a little bit after that, I graduated. It's a little bit later after that I graduated college, and I got a bunch of like money, you know, it's just like as a gift, graduation presents, things like that, and I saved it all to use to buy. Uh, a DVD, and I bought like the cheapest, <laughs> like off-brand DVD I could buy at like Circuit City. Yeah, 
and it cost me at least like 200 bucks i feel i think it was north of that for something that nowadays if you were to go on amazon and uh, let me actually do that like i i know i bought like a, a just an external dvd drive for my um my current laptop because my laptop doesn't have an optical drive installed mm-hmm. and it was like twenty dollars <laughs> i mean a, a standalone dvd player probably wouldn't cost you much more no i think no. you can get them for like 50 bucks i think i bought a blu-ray player for that much yeah you can get you can get blu-ray players on like black friday for like nothing but i think i think i had a dvd player in like 1999 and how much do I think I spent on that? I think it cost me 300 bucks, but I think I had like a Sony. No, I don't think I had a Sony one. I did have a name brand one, but it might have been like a Panasonic maybe. You didn't have like a Daiwu or something? No, I had, I had a decent one. Because I had for it real, for... A Sharp? Because <laughs> I actually think I had that I think I had that DVD player until I got a one that could record like about eight years later. Oh, uh, he didn't go for the Samsung. Actually, I still have my recording DVD player. And then I have like a little one now. I think, what's my little one? I think my little one's a Samsung now. But it only gets used for wrestling now because <laughs> if oh. i if i if i really want to watch like a blu-ray or something i just pop it in the playstation 4 because it's just easier that's what we did with dvds on our on our 360 until the basically the um the band that goes on the tray for the trade open to close slipped off and i just have that's a, not. That's a whole episode to talk about what a fucking piece of shit the 360 was, like design and like durability wise. Because I've only ever had in my entire life, I've only had one console ever break on me in my whole life, and it was the disc tray in my in my 360. I've never had a system break on me other than that. You didn't get the Red Ring of Death. Nope. I, uh, I got I... I got mine about eight months after they came out so those didn't red ring as much uh i um i'm i i'm on my second one mm-hmm. and, you know knock on wood i won't ever get the red ring of death again but i got it did you try the uh, towel I, trick because i had a guy at work i talked through the towel trick and it gave him like a month before it died for good uh no the um after the initial run of 360s, they someone figured out what was causing it, and they went back and fixed it. So that wasn't supposed to happen in later. And then the, the 360 Slim, it wasn't supposed to be an issue at all. But, um, you know, we I, had, I got red ringed on ours. And then we had the issue with the tray, which the first time I managed to get it open and fix it. But... Like the reader part of the 360 is enclosed, so if it it you can take the shell off and everything, but if the tray won't open at all, you you can't get it open. I so. literally, so, um, I met my wife in 2008. So some point around 2009, we moved to an apartment together, and the physical act of picking it up, putting it in my car seat, and driving it 
to the new apartment from where I was living was enough for the tray to break mm. on my wow. original. So I had to get a new one. That is literally, literally, I've had systems sit in basements for a decade. I think I even dropped my Game Boy down the stairs once. And that is the only system <laughs> that is ever broken in my possession, ever. Game Boys... And the original Nokia phones, I think, are made out of the same stuff they make black boxes on airplanes from. Oh, and I wanted to tell you, um, on the Game Gear, I actually have one that's been refurbished. It has new capacitors, but I had them put, they put a new screen in, and the battery life's actually better because it has an LED screen now and not, oh. uh, and not a, uh, there's actually some mod you can get, but it's like 200 bucks to do. Yeah. But it looks amazing, but... If you get, you can get them online, but it'll cost you about a hundred bucks. But they'll put like a new glass on it. Um, they'll do the caps for you, and you can get a new screen put in, which will make the battery life better. But yeah. I just bought an AC adapter, so I don't have to deal with it. Yeah, um, we'll get into Game Gear stuff some other time because I could go way down that rabbit hole. Now, the, the next game I played quite a bit, and it does feel like an actual Mario game, but Mario Land 2, which is famous for introducing Wario. Yeah. Again, I would download that game right now if it was on the Switch. <laughs> yeah. But have you, did, you, did you guys get Nintendo Power at this time when these were coming out? Uh, I didn't get them, I, but I, had people, I knew people that had Did them, you ever I read, read the comics, them. like when they no. were doing the comics in it? Because they did a yeah. Wario and Mario one that was like a precursor to this game. And Mario was kind of a jerk face and it made Wario very sympathetic. Because like they were kids together and they would always get into hijinks and it would always be Mario's idea. And then Wario would suffer the horrible consequences of it. Mm. But um, Wario is not my favorite Mar- Mario enemy and actually the, the my favorite does only appears in like the offshoot like sports stuff and that's Waluigi <laughs> who I just think hilarious <laughs> oh, s- such a weird character and now I think this one's interesting I'd have to look at the timeline because this might have come after Mario World but this one actually had like pretty strong narrative as pretty much what happens is Wario pretty much takes over Mario's castle. I don't know why he had a castle, but you need to go get these six coins so you can go get into the castle and get your shit back. And I want to say I think this is a fantastic game. It's probably one of my favorite Game Boy games. Mm. Yeah, after like the initial weirdness of Super Mario Land, I felt that it like they really stepped up. They did. The uh, the only Wario I'm I'm familiar the only way I'm familiar with Wario is from Mario Kart and Smash Brothers. So he's never really been the antagonist again because he got essentially the Mario Lands turn into Wario Land, which are okay. They kind of turn a little Metroidvania-ish as they go on, but it's essentially just Wario running around trying to get as much money as possible. Okay. The the idea of those. 
and you get like at the end it like measures how much money you found throughout the game and then you know you get it kind of judges you based on that mm-hmm. so then we're gonna hit to the 16-bit era uh and mario world which um you know I replayed this a couple years ago, and I like it okay, but I don't know. There's something about Mario World that doesn't stick with me as much. I played... Okay. Mario World was an interesting case because my local Walmart had a display model set up. And that was that was the game they had in it, was, was Mario World. So... Uh, prior to Super NES coming to our, we saw a lot of Super Mario World. And then when our family got one, we saw a lot of Super Mario World. And I think I just kind of burned out on it. I think just from so much exposure. The problem for me is I got it, I think it had been out about a year and a half. So when I got my Super Nintendo for Christmas, I got a Super Nintendo. Of course, this was a pack-in. And then I got Legend of Zelda Link to the Past and Street Fighter 2. And um, this is a good game, but it's not Street Fighter 2 or Link to the Past. And I played... I played... I played a ridiculous amount of Street Fighter 2 on Super Nintendo. Oh, yeah. Just, just playing through, getting the different character endings and stuff. Yeah. And then grumbling about how M. Bison is cheap. He, well, you know, <laughs> I had easier times with him than I did with Vega. Vega was always my my problem one. I felt Bison was a little cheap, but I agree. Like he wasn't actually. I didn't. I probably did not have as as many problems with him. It's probably just me grumbling because I was so close to finally finishing off with a certain character that I was irritated with him stopping me. <laughs> I just hated that um that I just hated stuff like how Guile, if the AI was controlling him, did not have to abide by the rules you did to do a sonic boom. Oh yeah. Yeah, he could just snap it off instead of having the charge time. Yep. I still think that's crap, yeah. by the way. That's bad design. It is, it is. It, it it is. I agree with you. But again, this is really fantastic in the sense that there are so many like secret like nooks and crannies around this, and there's yep. so much to explore, like the star stuff and all that. Like it's really um. And we got the introduction of Yoshi and all of in in his array of or in the the variety of flavors of Yoshi. Oh, yeah, he was in his different colors here. Yep. Because you had your standard green Yoshi that would eat stuff, your red Yoshi that would do fireballs, your blue Yoshi that would fly, I think. Yeah, there was one that could fly. But I, I, I think that, that might have been blue. a power-up. I don't remember. Well, like, in order to get the special abilities with, um, with them, is you would have to eat an enemy, and then the red Yoshi would spit fireballs after it ate an enemy. I think... The blue Yoshi would have to eat an enemy and then it could fly. But with any of them, if Yoshi held whatever it was in his mouth too long, he'd swallow it. Yeah. And you'd lose whatever it was. I think that's accurate. So. I think, is this the last game that has Koopalanes if we're not talking about, like, new Super Mario Brothers? I don't know. 
because they kind of it kind of switches to Bowser Jr. with the when does Bowser Jr. come in? Is he in Yoshi's? Is he in the? Is he in the Yoshi game that comes after this? I cannot tell you because uh, I was, I was one of those where it's like you could choose uh, one system over the other. Uh-huh. So I was, I was a Genesis kid. Uh-huh. NES. You know, so I and honestly, like I, I actually didn't buy another Nintendo system after the original and the game. Well, I got, I had Game Boy Advance, but out, outside of that, I didn't get another Nintendo system until. Uh, until the Wii. Oh wow! I've oh had, wow! I've had all of yeah. them. Because GameCube and honestly, really... I I did I didn't wind up playing the Wii that much. I played yeah, the Switch. I didn't either. Because I think um, the Wii was yeah. I think out of their, I think out of their post Super Nintendo pre Switch ones, um, I think the GameCube was their best system. Because the the N sixty four I just had poor design choices and it's really ugly and hard to go back to in a lot of ways the game oh but i i played the n64 so much yes but see, i probably played that more than any other system but see the 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 gamecube had fantasy star online i never never got into it now i i'll say something controversial it's not mario related actually it might not be that controversial but um I think the Dreamcast was the best of that Xbox, PlayStation 2, like, um, GameCube era. You know, people say that, but it, at least in North America, just did not get a following. No, it didn't in Japan either. Pretty much, it pretty much died the second they announced the PlayStation 2, but, um, I, I enjoyed it a lot. The PlayStation 2 had a lot going for it, too, um. You know, honestly, the Microsoft systems, like, I had the the original Xbox on the 360, and they've just never kind of... Well, no, that's not true. I would have gotten an Xbox One had they not, like, gotten so hubristic with their announcements for that system. Mm. With their whole, like, it's going to always be online, and we're not going to do, like, um, used games and stuff like that. They had to backtrack it all, but the fact that they were going for it in the first place really pissed a lot of folks off. Yeah. Um, I never like after our, after the 360. Uh, we have a Wii, but we got it secondhand, and I, I still didn't play that whole. It was it was more of a party game thing, you know. Group of folks are coming over, bust out the Wii, play some party game stuff together. It, but um, there's good stuff for it, but it came for me. It came in an awkward spot in my life where I met my wife like about a year after I got it, and you know, then I was getting married and like early marriage, like buying a house, like that was like most of the lifespan of the week. So like it hit me in this really weird point where I wasn't playing like a ton of video games. Yeah. And, um, so the, I think, like, I like the virtual console on it. Like, that really got me back into a lot of old video games. And I remember it used to be, like, Tuesday or something. I'd always get on there and see what, like, the new virtual console game was. But, mm-hmm. um, I don't, I, and I owned a Wii U, which I think I actually played the Wii U more than, than, um, the Wii. I, I'll be honest, I forget the Wii U existed. <laughs> a lot of people did. I, Sam here, and 
it just is not a thing that really like, I, I had no interest in it I actually I'm curious Brad because you said I should get a, a 3DS like I didn't really have much interest in that either just because I didn't like the whole like wasn't it like a stylus with the screen yeah you don't have to use it that much that whole gimmick like I didn't really care about that I would if I could get it cheap I would probably do it just and just just buy like the like the jrpgs yeah you want so what you if you get one you want the the new one because of the 3d <laughs> the 3d actually looks really good especially on things like etrian odyssey like on a flat background kind of stuff but if you <clears throat> if you were to get one the fire emblem games are really good uh the etrian odyssey <clears throat> games are, are first person dungeon crawlers <clears throat> which are amazing uh shin megami tensei 4 and 4 apocalypse are really good uh, are they true? Into... Are they true Fire Emblem games? Yes, they're true Fire Emblem okay. games. They're actually a big reason why we're getting everything now. But they're they're, mm. and one of them's really cool because one of them has three games in one, and each path of the story, like you can pick <laughs> like, you can pick like one side or the other or a neutral path, and each of those is its own game. And then Dragon Quest. Seven and eight are on there, but if you get the DS versions, you pretty much have Dragon Quest four through nine on the system. And then they did a remake of Mario and Luigi Superstars for that. So it's a fantastic system. I think it would still cost you about a hundred twenty-five bucks for a good one, though. Mm. Yeah, I love my little wow. 3DS. Wow, looking, I look it up. Wii U sold about thirteen and a half million. Yeah, units, which is not much. Absolutely not. It's the Atari twenty six hundred beats it by like a lot. Yeah, it probably beats the seventy two hundred. I suspect they were kind of they they weren't that worried about it because they were just kind of bridging between the Wii and testing some stuff for the Switch. Uh, this, this is this is an aside. Why? I mean, I know that it's like they're expensive and it's almost like you don't even need them right now because I, I don't feel like the, the PS4 and the Xbox One have outlived themselves. But why are the uh, why are the sales for the Xbox Series X and the PS5 so low? I'm looking because at it now. Because they can't. Because there's um there's a there is a, a superconductor shortage because of COVID, and they literally can't get stock out. The, to, look, I there's so okay. This is like a whole other argument. Like um like just to give you an idea, like. Um, if you wanted to buy a video card for your computer right now, you literally could not get a new one anywhere mm. because like, and I'm talking, I'm talking, people are selling like five-year-old video cards for like double what they're worth right now because it's the <laughs> shortage is so bad. Um, because there's just, there's just like a silicone shortage. It's, mm. it's a supply issue, but I also think, I also think that's a big proponent of it, but there's nothing to play on it. Like if you read articles about it online, it's literally like fanboys talking about which one loads up backwards compatible, like PS3 and PS2 games or old Xbox games. So that should tell you a lot right there. 
yeah, that this is a whole other argument that we won't get into because we're talking about Mario. It could be a huge digression, but it, it, I could go on and on and complain about companies, video game companies, putting out games or products that really should not come out because they're not finished or there's yeah. all these issues. But they do it because you know the, these are corporations and they have to make you know some sort of quarterly profit, so they push they push stuff out. But to me, like. There was no reason for that to come out in 2020, in the fall of 2020 or whenever it came out. Mm-hmm. It, it seems like they really should have just pushed those out to like 2021. Well, the problem and is have, mm-hmm. the problem I'm having with it. Well, these systems did some things right, like they switched to solid state drives, so like the the load times will be better and stuff. But like, I really think, I really think like you're getting to a point where like graphical performance just isn't going to get much better. Because, like, I don't know, Shad probably sees this stuff, but, like, the people that get up their own ass about, like, ray tracing now and stuff and how they yeah. have to have it or it's it's um, it's an, it's an inferior product. And then I watch something about, like, okay, well, this is this with ray tracing and this is that without ray tracing. I'm just, like, I honestly don't even know why this is, like, why people care because it adds literally barely anything and it kills your performance in the process. Like, I don't understand Mm -hmm. the, are you, are you like me with that Chad or like, I don't, here's the thing. I, there's uh, all this stuff that comes out and they're like, we're going for the hyper realism. So I'm like, I actually find myself more turned off by it because they're they're spending so much time on the graphics that the gameplay isn't fun. Or they're and I'm, or they're like, oh, we have hyper realistic like water reflection, yeah, and I'm losing sixty frames frames per second because of that, guys. Yeah, uh, Borderlands Three. Like I can run Borderlands Three real well, with one exception. Um, the I have to turn off the motion blur because what happens is basically motion blur every time you you're moving your camera everything on the screen is supposed to have this effect added to it and it's like I turn it off I don't have any problems at all I don't understand why it's there and then everything runs smoothly you know I turned that off and I didn't even notice that much of a difference I maybe my yeah eyes right just suck yeah I don't know and it's just like the cloud density. It's just like why, like. Well, like Borderlands, it has a very distinctive style to it. They're not going for realistic. They're going for that shell, cell shaded style. You know, um, I think it's like those old taste tests where people just think it looks better because someone told you it does. But if you blind like tasted them, they couldn't tell generic from name brand. I think yeah. there's some of that going on. There might well funny story, I don't understand how there's some people that are like, Oh, I can't tell the difference between Pepsi and Coke. And it's like, how can you not? Yeah, those people but, those people I think that you know what I think the problem with those people is, is I think they have like a bunch of dead bodies that they've murdered in their basement and that <laughs> prevents them from tasting the differences because Pepsi is much sweeter than Coke and Coke has like a bite to it. Pepsi is smooth since it's vanilla based. It's a, it's a, it's a smoother experience. It's a smoother flavor drinking it. It also is far less likely to upset your stomach, whereas Coke is a citric acid based drink. And people, Chad, that's, people, well, that's, yes, Matt. 
Go ahead, go ahead, Brad. I was going to say, and people that say that, like, obviously don't realize, like, what a debacle New Coke was. (laughs) What were you going to say, Matt? Where do you fall on the Pepsi versus Coke? Pepsi! Yes! I'm more of a Coke person. People people do want to fight me. It's like, no. I, I enjoy Pepsi. I, I like Pepsi. I like Pepsi products. I mean, I'll drink both. Don't get me wrong. Like I, the one, the one true like addiction I still have is I, I should drink. I drink way too much soda because I enjoy it. But I always drink diet. But I still like I drink way too much soda. So, but I always like I I've always liked Coke better. But but if you get outside of the main line, here's my where I think Coke outshines Pepsi is I think Diet Coke slightly better on the taste front. But where Coke does. Mm. A much better job than Pepsi, and I don't understand why Pepsi has never figured this out. Is Coke does a much better job of offering you z- zero calorie drinks to get you closer to the taste of Coke? With nice. um, and Pepsi has never, for some reason, never been able to do that. See, okay, I will take Diet Pepsi over Diet Coke any day because in Diet Coke, it I get an aftertaste that makes me think that I drink drunk something from underneath you know my uh my kitchen sink you know where i keep my cleaning supplies but coke zero is better than pepsi one or pepsi max was so i'll agree with you on that but i am i don't even drink cola much anymore you know it's it's some variety of ginger ale or i i, I have wonderful friends like if it's not ale or ginger ale it's the only other thing that i'm like really fired up about is cranberry splash sierra mist and i had friends whenever they would find a two liter of it would just buy it and gave it to me so i still have something like eight two liter bottles of sierra mist and i'm going through it very slowly so i don't run out and i think like as, as far as diet drinks i don't drink them all the time but i think i think diet dr pepper and diet mountain dew are the best diet drinks followed by diet a and w root beer see the a and w root beer just tastes so different than how the original does i can't i don't know i can't do it um i mean your choices i think i like it and i like mug as far as like if you're gonna get something in a can um i don't like barks barks is just gross it's it's (laughs) It's marketed as root beer, but I don't think it's really root beer. No, I don't think so. Do you, you guys like root beer? Yes. Yeah. I, like I, root beer. I absolutely can't stand the taste. I've never liked root beer. Ugh. Ugh. Uh, Awful. It, root, root beer kind of reminds me of what I like about Pepsi in, the, in that it's a smooth drink. Now, like I said, I don't drink much of either one in, uh, right now, but that's... Uh, like Barks is not my go-to uh, root beer. I think typically it's like it's not even Barks or Mug. It's like Stewarts or something. I don't think we enough. have Stewarts. Yeah, it, it, I think that's a you can get it at Cracker Barrel. There's one. There's one that's amazing. It comes in a bottle. I can't remember what it's called. It starts with an I. I think. IBC. Yeah, IBC is the best. IBC is good too, but now Matt, what is what is your like preferred like if you were to get like a diet drink that's not a cola, what would you go for? That's not a cola. Yeah. 
And I, I don't count. I don't do count you... Dr. Pepper as a cola. Well, I mean, I I drink a lot of soda. If you count, do you count? Are you eliminating all carbon carbonated drinks? No, no cola is a flavor, so you could have a. Oh, oh, so like a different type of soda. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I actually, I I actually truly enjoy Diet Mountain Dew. Yeah, but Diet Mountain Dew. And Dew's I've gotten, I have gotten hate from that. I've gotten hate from friend of the show Damien Gonzalez. Is like, how do you drink that? You're the only. He's like, you're the only person I know that like actively drinks that. I'm because, like, it's delicious. Because it's good. Well, it, well, here's the here's the here's why I would just to tell Damien like I'm a fat fuck and it helps me to be less of a fat <laughs> fuck to not drink regular. By the way, Mountain Dew, Kentucky product. Really? Bottled in Kentucky. Did you, did you watch the um did you watch that video I sent you of Dan Housen tried um did trying White Claw? Ah, spicy water. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I was laughing. It's like spicy water. This is disgusting. He doesn't know for He's a uh, he he's a dude who's really really good at social media, uh, and I, again his part what part of his gimmick is that is to not swear. Yeah. Uh, but then he put out a video because the the recent Pro Wrestling Illustrated oh, PWI five hundred came out, and so he there was a brief it's it's you could search for it like Dan do like Dan House and PWI five hundred it's it's literally like only like a minute and a half. Again, I have to stress, I gotta preface this, his his gimmick is like don't swear. Don't do not swear at all. Like swearing will get you in trouble. <laughs> so it's the PWI five hundred and he's like looking through it and he's like, What is this? I'm not number one, I was promised number one and then he starts going into a profanity laced tirade, which is bleeped out. But he's like, Fuck these people. They will rue the day they burn dad housing and it's it's absolutely hilarious i also like, love it's a dude who really really gets his gimmick and is so good at it i love though too that his his youtube channel is a callback to the original batman movie because it's just just love that dan housing because if you, if you remember the commercial where they were doing the joker brand products the models kept saying just love yeah. that joker um, just love that Joker. But I love the Lance Archer interview he does, where Lance Archer just keeps swearing, and he keeps stopping him like every five seconds, like you can't swear, no swearing, no swearing. But yeah, the the White Claw cracked me up because I knew there's it was a, gonna be bad. I'm a, like, he's not gonna like it. Yeah, there's um there's a T-shirt that I probably want to get at some point, which is it's done in the old school like ECW logo style. Mm-hmm. And but it's like it's like the same lettering, or whatever. But it's like Dan, and then it's supposed to be like fucking in the middle. It's like, yeah. So it's like Dan fucking Housen, like E C yeah. F and W. Um, but it's like Dan, and then where it's supposed to say fucking, it's like this, almost like you know you'd put like the rubber stamp where it's like yeah. not. It's like it's like no swearing, <laughs> and then Housen. So it's like it censors. It intentionally censors. <laughs> the the curse word. I might I might be buying that shirt very soon if I can find it. I also it's love, on like reverse like tees. I'm looking for it. I also love the video of him and Orange Cassidy going to um the mall, mm-hmm. and they're trying to go somewhere and like it's closed and like Cassidy's like kicking the kicking like the the door, like you know like the metal door they put down and Dan House is like stop it, 
Like you're gonna get us in trouble. There is a he's done a couple videos with um with independent wrestler RJ City. And RJ City has done like he's done stuff with like oh, David Arquette. because I think at the PWI one he was ripping on RJ City. At the oh, start maybe. Because he um, takes he takes random shots at him sometimes in his videos too, just like I've, They've done some videos together. I'm sure in real life they're probably friends. Oh no, but they've it, done some videos. It comes across. It just and, comes across like like he's doing it to be funny, kind of like how um how it Mick Foley just rips on Al Snow in his book all the time. It, it kind of reminds oh, me. Oh yeah. That. Yeah, but they did a. They've done a couple of videos together. Um, <laughs> and there was one where Dan has is just doing like his his shtick, and at some at one point. RJ, because <laughs> he starts in with the whole like no swearing, no do this, and is and at one point RJ just looks at him and goes, "What is your appeal to people? Like who's your demographic?" <laughs> just like completely exasperated. The, I I do I'm a, I'm with you that the PWI video I laughed my ass off at that because just like the look on his face, like the the growing like anger in his face is like he goes further back. He realizes, like, he's not even... I don't even think he was in the top 100, was he? No, he wasn't. He was He was further down. And I just hope Bill After had to answer someone, like, why Dan Housen's so mad at him. Mm. He, I've, uh, I think I... Sh- I'm not sure if I shared this on the podcast before. Or I definitely have told you guys before, but I, um... He's good with fans. I mean, he knows what... He knows what he knows what the deal is because he right around Christmas time or just before it, he put on his Twitter like, "Hey, I have like extra shirts. I have, like like all the spare shirts I want to move before like end of the year. So uh, if you want it, just like message me, give me like your t-shirt size, and it's gonna cost like twenty five bucks." So I was like, "Yeah, I'll do that. I can do like a t-shirt deal." So I paid like my twenty five bucks, and he sent not just one shirt; he sent like two shirts, and he sent like stickers and like an enamel pin. He like he he gave like a good amount of swag. Nice. That's cool. I remember, and that's just something very simple, but it's like that you as a you remember like that sort of thing, like that actually. I I mean I like him, I like his character, but it makes it makes me want to support him in the future because it's like that was exceedingly fair. I remember, yeah. I remember when um, it was before AEW had an Orange Cassidy shirt. People said when he was selling his own shirt, like the really famous one of him just standing there and then the shirt like goes in and in and in. Um, that one. Yeah. And he was selling that himself. People said like when they would get it, he would just crumple it up and like toss it in a box and like <laughs> ship it to you like all disheveled and stuff like you didn't give a crap. And I really thought that was like living the gimmick really well because I mean, like, I could see being a little upset, but it's like, of course he would do this. Yeah. So did we have a last Mario thing we wanted to hit? Uh, let's touch on. Let's touch on. Let's touch on a couple of oddballs here, real quick. So. Uh, okay. There was the Mario is missing, which I never played. I think that was an educational game. It was. I played it once for about an hour. And by the way, the controls were terrible. I think that's notorious for that. It wouldn't surprise me. And then now I'm not going to bring in like the sports stuff because I think that could be its own episode. So none of none of that side. Yeah. 
And then uh, the last one for the evening is Super Mario RPG, which is a Squaresoft oh, game. I love this one. And probably um, one of the top JRPGs of the SNES era. I would not call it the best one, but it was a really good one. So if you haven't played this, this is actually a standard turn-based RPG. It's kind of what Paper Mario becomes, but more traditional. And um, I think this is notable because Bowser eventually joins up with you. Yeah. It is... um, It's like a more simplified... It's like a slightly simplified Final Fantasy game. But... To be honest with you, I have way more fun with it because Mario RPG, first of all, was able to um, it, it didn't take itself, you know, super like, it, you know, it, it would still have a wink and a nod and, and fun little goofy things in it. And, um, and it stayed we, pretty we had mentioned it. the enemies were pretty traditional, um, like the first like real like mini boss is a hammer brother. And it's yeah. The um, we had talked about it earlier, but and I think Brad's right. I think Square owns the characters, but there's two characters in the game, Malo and Geno, that I would love to see in the Smash Brothers game, because um, I, I I thought they were really really cool additions to the um, the Mario setting. Uh, you know. When it, whenever you res- rescue Princess Peach, she ends up being the best healer you can have. Um, Bowser had a special item that gave him like the highest defense and I th- think damage resistance in the game if you could find it. Yeah, because I think I was rolling Mario, Bowser, and Princess by the end of it. Yeah. Um, it for me it was it was Mario Peach and then. Because I beat that game repeated. When you finally get to the boss, you have he switches forms, and the different forms have different um, elemental weaknesses. Oh yeah, the evil Santa Claus one eventually. Yeah, but the problem with that is that uh, like Bowser can't. Bowser's stuff is all physical, so um, you know I would I would rotate through other other characters in order to get you know, to, to see how well it worked. But, um, I, I honestly, I loved super Mario RPG. It was, it, it was great fun. Uh, it kind of, you know, it, it fleshed out some, a little bit more about the star road. Uh, honestly, it, it's, it's just, it's a really good game. I really, really enjoyed it. Now, Matt, did you ever play this? I know you didn't know like, um, and a Super Nintendo at the time. I uh, did not play this, and I actually, I actually want to. Has it been ported anywhere? Uh, I think it might be on the SNES Classic. Oh, really? Uh, I'd have to look. I do own that. I'll, I'll check on air, off air for you. Uh, yes, yes, it's it's on the. I'm just looking it up. It's on the Super NES Classic. It's it's shortish. You could probably beat it in about thirty thirty five hours. I have so many games I need to play through, but I I really need to devote some time to both the NES Classic and the Super NES Classic because those those two ones, even if I don't mod 
like they have a couple at least a couple like rpgs on there like i think uh i think the nes classic has like the original final fantasy which yeah. i want to play through again <laughs> and you should I, I honestly though one. with that you should play the playstation remake because the spells aren't broken and um you, you you get some quality of life stuff like you can buy more than one heal potion at a time okay it's it it's just it's really good um and it's really fun and there's i think i think there's a, a final fantasy character not drop in he's not like he's um i don't remember what he's from but you have what's to he a find- reference yeah I don't think he's an actual character in any of the games, but he is a Final Fantasy character because it plays like the Final Fantasy music if you beat him. But he's also the hardest. He's also the hardest fight in the game. So you have I'm to be... check that real quick because I remember his name. But if it, with Final Fantasy though, Matt, um, the first one in the the NES version, like the buffs and debuff spells don't actually work, <laughs> but they work in the PlayStation Origins remake. Well, how about this? Because I actually, I own this and I did not play it the entire way through. But the, um, what the hell was the PS, the PlayStation, the Sony um, handheld? Oh, the PSP. Not the Vita. The PSP. That one's fine. That one, the the one they released for that, that one's pretty good. Okay, yeah, I I played some of that. I did not play the entirety of it. Um. I actually, in in the move, I actually found my PSP and of like an entire little box of games that I had. So I actually need to, I need to charge that up and actually play through that. Even though, as again, I have like so many games I to know. play. It's horrible. I, it's, it, well, the reason I like handhelds because you know it's versus consoles. Like I don't have that much time during the week to play actual like console games. Uh, I just try to make some time. Uh, but I really, really, realistically, like, only have, like, two or three days, two or three, like, nights. And yeah. even then, it's, like, that's iffy. Like, I can I can maybe carve out, like, three nights. But even then, I'm not really starting. I, The way my schedule is, I'm so busy with everything. I probably wouldn't even get to begin to play until, like, 11 p.m. Yeah. midnight. And so I'm not playing long. I'm going to do that, like, an hour or two. So it's kind of easier to play a handheld as I'm, like just laying in bed especially modern sure. ones because you can just turn it off or close it and it just freezes it right where it is and you can pick it up and be right back where you you left off yeah so i should probably be I'll try and play some more of that yeah yeah uh can i give a couple uh honorable mentions go for it yeah i i never played both of these to completion but Mario versus Donkey Kong for the Game Boy Advance. Oh, that's a good one. That was almost. That was. Uh, how would you describe that? It was. It's kind of like it, you play like the original couple levels of Donkey Kong, and then it just throws like a bunch of more Donkey Kong levels at you. Yeah, it's kind of like every every level is its own um, kind of standalone. Yeah. I don't know how to describe it, but it, that was really fun. And I would also say Mario and Luigi's Superstar Saga. I never played that to completion, but that was also for Game Boy Advance, and that was more like a that was kind of like an RPG, I think. It was kind of so they kind of coming out of a Mario RPG, they kind of split it in two directions. There's like 
there was the console games, which is the Paper Mario games, and then they they did this series for Portable, which was the Mario and Luigi games, which are a little closer to RPG than than Paper Mario is, but they're yeah. They even did a crossover at some point with the two. I don't remember which one that was though. Mm. I have to look that up. I I need to buy um I need to buy the new Mario or the Paper Mario game for the Switch. Oh yeah, I played that. That's a lot of fun. Yeah, and I actually want to buy the the really most recent one, or Bowser's Gami. Fury. Oh yeah, yeah, I just got that actually. Um, I have not played it yet though, because I've been I've been um I've been playing Saga, Scarlet mm. Grace. I don't know why I did that, but yeah, that's what I've been doing. Well, I bought um I bought the new collection they just put out. That had uh, the Legends game for Game Boy. Super, yeah, super, no, Super Mario 3D All Stars. Oh yeah, I have that too. Because it has, um, again, uh, it has a uh, 64 Sunshine has... and Galaxy, I believe. Correct. And I never played out, Sunshine. Like... I never played Sunshine for some reason. Well, I was talking with people like when it came out, like friends, and some people were complaining. It's like, oh, it's just like port of these games, not like a new game. It's like, yeah, but from someone like me who actually didn't have these games, didn't actually even have the systems that they originally came out on, like, I've never played these games. Well, so. And to buy any of those games, like, Mario 64 itself is 30 bucks, and I think Sunshine is like 50 or 60 bucks used, and mm. I think Galaxy is still reasonably priced because, um, the Wii hasn't had that collector's bubble build up yet, but to get those games individually, you'd spend more than you would for a $60 collector. Yeah, so, I mean, I got it, so I have, that's three games in one that I'm going to play through, and for 60 bucks, like, that's that's easy, like, easy choice. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. Convenience is worth money sometimes, and I, I think sometimes mm-hmm. people that complain about those, they're just like, oh, it's, you could just emulate it. It's like, yes, but then you have to have a system strong enough to emulate newer games. You have to tinker with the emulator to get it feel right, and sometimes someone just wants to pay $60 and have someone else do the work for them. That's just my high horse for a minute. Um, so... I think that is good for that. We are gonna pro- we'll probably come back in a couple weeks and get into like the later area, later era Mario games because I think um, I think I'd have a lot to say about some of those, especially sixty four. I think we could have a lot of sure talk about because that that really that game really changed video games. Yeah, it did a lot. So everybody, thank you for being with us for this episode. Um, talking good old Mario. Woohoo! So, we it's would love <laughs> all of our bad Mario impressions. We've been bottling up until now; they're they're just breaking out. We want to say thank you all for being with us. Please hit us on our social media. Was there something we missed about some uh, previous Mario incarnations? Was there something you agreed with? We would love to hear from you. We have done requests in the past for uh, wrestling events, so if you've got one that you're just burning to hear us. Uh, get into please let us know and this is shad with matt and brad we've been in three quarters you're in the fourth and we will see you next time